Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. Spirit in the sky. Happy Monday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. It is great to be with all of you. I have missed you all since last week. I hope you all had a fantastic weekend. I hope it all went accordingly. I hope it was productive, fun, uh, all of the above. I hope it was the entire package. Uh, I had a fantastic weekend myself. It was fun. I got a lot done. Uh, I cannot complain. Uh, As I do every episode, uh, I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my audience, and sponsors. You guys are all incredible. Uh, We're listened to now in 24 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our media site, thenextgenusa.com. And just an FYI, just to announce to everyone, uh, the setting on the Next Gen USA for the uh, latest episodes is all fixed. So you can find all the latest episodes now. Uh, for the show on Next Gen USA, um, I uh, I want to you know I want to just give a huge compliment and 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 a, and a bunch of a bunch of praise to uh, everybody in attendance last week on the show. Uh, I went back over the weekend and listened to a lot of these shows, and I and I tell you, uh, you know this this epi- these episodes have everything you'd ever want in a show. I mean everything, you know the dialogue, you know guests, uh, the flow of the show. Uh, the the way it's all put together. I mean, it, you know, it really just makes sense. It really works. It, it, it's so powerful and insightful, and, and just just the you know the whether it's the the very uh, insightful and intellectual conversations we're having, or it's some guest that's blowing us away with you know their their profound life and you know what they've lived through. So so much to offer everybody. So much to offer. Um, I, I do want to announce, and I will, I, I, I think this is important, um, to this week we'll, we'll have shows all week this week, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, and then I will be off for like a week and a half, almost two weeks. I am, starting next week, I will be heading back east. I am going to be in Washington, D.C. for the 4th of July. Uh, Trump's having a huge event. Trump's saying it's one of the biggest events of all time. It's at Lincoln Memorial. Millions of people are expected. Uh, I can't wait. Um, this is going to be so fun for me and going to be a, an experience I'll never forget. Uh, I'll also be going to Boston, uh, New York City, uh, Philadelphia, Providence, Rhode Island, uh, Mount Rushmore, uh, on and on. I got some, I'm going to so many different places. And uh, I will be driving. I will be driving. Um, it's, it's, I'll tell you, man, drive, driving across the country, driving, you know, it's, it's really peaceful. It's really nice. A lot, a lot to see, that's for sure. Oh, and I'll also be going to one of my favorite cities, Memphis, Tennessee. I can't wait. I love Memphis. Beale Street, everybody I'm sure has been there and hung out there many times. Um, but just, just to announce to everybody when we'll be back on the air. Uh, so starting next week, obviously, we'll be off. Uh, but we'll be back on the air July 15th. So everybody mark your calendars. July 15th, we will be back on, which that's a Monday. Um, I also want to say uh, we will uh, be launching that. New, we will be launching the new network here in about a month. 
uh, like I said, you know, last week, uh, many notable people are attached. Uh, we have about 80 to 85% of the lineups filled for people doing shows. So we only have about 15 or 20% left to fill. Uh, remember, this will be a 24-7 news network. So when, when everybody's sleeping in the USA, all the hosts will be doing their shows overseas. So we'll be having show hosts from Europe, India, uh, you know, Asia, you know, you name it. Obviously here, obviously here, uh, you know, during the normal uh, day and during the normal times that we're awake. But, you know, the, the reason this is so, it comes so in handy having it 24-7 is because you can have all these people live overseas on the network. And it's just awesome. It's so cool. And remember, guys, uh, the great Robert Spencer, director of Jihad Watch and the godfather of immigration and America's toughest sheriff, Joe Arpaio, those two people will be the faces of the media site. And as you guys know, they have millions of followers, uh, you know, on their, on their social media accounts and even throughout their life. I mean, they've been known for a long time. Um, we, we need to get into this. We, we, we have a lot to get into today. Uh, first, I want to introduce um, Dr. Award-winning speaker, professor, veteran, technology expert, best-selling author, and currently the Commissioner of Parks and Recreation for Maricopa County, Dr. Bob Branch. Dr. Branch, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, Rory. I'll tell you what, you got so many great things happening now and happening to you. I'm so proud of you. Uh, just driving across this great country of ours, going over to Washington, D.C., then on up to Boston, and that sounds an exciting trip and one I've made a couple times myself, and you know, it, it, it's really nice and uh, really proud of you. Hey, uh, can I share? Uh, uh, you played uh, Norman Greenbaum's there, the the Spirit in the Sky. Love that can song. I love a, that song. Oh, man. I love that song. Can I give you a Spirit in the Sky Sky, sky story here, just for ab- yes, about please. thirty seconds? Last please. week, I put a call to arms because our uh, our our. Uh, Superintendent of Public Instruction is trying to instill in the state of Arizona this um, comprehensive sexuality education. Uh, this yeah. it's, it's, it's an the evil trans, the form thing, right? of. Well, yeah, actually, uh, you know, it, it's it's based on uh, teachings that uh, you know it, it, we should start in kindergarten and work our way through high school. Uh, to allow all of our students to express their sexuality, to to question <laughs> their genders and stuff like that. And, and that's what she wants to put in. So I put a call to arms out to a lot of people, and I said, now, I know it's Monday morning, but show up. Show up down at the, the uh, Department of Education's uh, meeting. When they seen how many people were down there, the Purple for Parents, the Tea Party activists, the Republicans – they just showed up, and we're not talking one room they filled up, which is their large right. meeting room. The overflow right. was overflowed. The hallway was overflowed. Then they moved it into two more other rooms, and they were like, well, we didn't anticipate this. Well, I'll tell you what. There's a spirit in the sky, and a good friend of mine, and I'm sure you know Mark, he come up. He's a Vietnam veteran. And he says, okay, before this meeting starts, we're going to bring God into this. And he stood up in front of everybody and said a phenomenal prayer. Then the person that they had come to say a prayer 
just just knocked it out the park. And I'll tell you what, yes. the superintendent of public instruction did not know what happened to her today. There were so many great speeches. Over 70 people wanted to give their speeches today at this event. Two minutes apiece, 70 people. That's an hour and 20 minutes. But you got to figure, man, you got a minute or two in between each speaker. It took all morning and all afternoon. It, it was beautiful. So I'll tell you what, the people were alive and well. The people were out there, and there is a spirit in the yep. sky. Amen. And Dr. Branch, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've pretty much been doing the research. And from what it looks like, I mean, you're you're favored by a significant, uh, you know, amount to win this next election, considering you just about won the last time. And nobody else obviously can match you in the Republican prime in the Republican section. I mean, you pretty much have that. But obviously, you'll be facing off against a a very left wing person from the the way you made it sound. So I just I don't see you losing, Doctor Branch. I, I see you winning by a comfortable margin. Fair to say. That's why we got. That's why we got to keep the 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 left out. Uh, that's why we got to get President Trump elected. That's why we got to get our base energized. And I'm telling you what, Rory, they are alive and well, and they are energized. Yeah. They came from all over the state today. People were down yeah. from Kingman just for this meeting, up from Tucson yeah. just for this meeting. Oh, it, it was yeah. great. And, you know, no chickens counted before they're hatched, but, you know, we got to take this state back as far as its education goes, and we got to make sure that it stays red. So. Absolutely, my friend. And, and you know what? You're the best person for the job. You're overly qualified, and, you know, everybody's lucky to have you, and, I, and I'm really rooting for you, and I'm praying for you. Well, I appreciate that. Now we've got to get our uh, 2024 presidential uh, candidate elected, too, right? Absolutely, we got a we got a lot to talk about tonight for sure. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to get into. Absolutely, get Daryl, get Daryl uh, elected on there too, buddy. Oh yeah, Doctor oh, Brand, love that. I am sending you a hug. Can you hear? Can you hear me over there? I love uh, you, brother. I love I love both of you guys. And if Kevin DeKite was in on this, I, I love you too, my man. Let me let me give Daryl. Let me give you a, let me give you an introduction, Daryl. Conservative talk show host. 2024 presidential candidate, activist, and best-selling author, the great Daryl Kane, the legend. Brother, you, you're you're too kind. And now <laughs> this this uh, this event at the Lincoln Memorial next uh, on the fourth of be July. There. Rumor rumor has it that I may also be there. So, I who who knows? Now now are you going to be back in time for Freedom Fest? For for the uh, oh, July seventeenth. Oh yeah, 17th? yeah. I said I said I'll be back on the air the fifteenth. That's not until the seventeenth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I texted Rory today, and I'm like, hey man, I'm gonna be heading out west for you know for Freedom Fest. I'll come visit you in um you know in, in Arizona, and you, and you're like, oh, I'm actually heading up east. And I'm <laughs> <laughs> so so we're basically crossing each other. But uh, yeah, we got to make this happen. This Fourth of July is gonna be is gonna be fantastic. And uh, speaking of fantastic, this show is I'm sure also gonna be incredible as well. So I'm honored to be here with you and your esteemed panel. And Dr. Branch, I I, I love you. God bless you. We love we love you too. Thank you. Thanks, Daryl. Always a pleasure. Uh, let, let's also welcome to the show, uh, founder of College Republicans United, founder of Republicans United, and currently the leader of Nationalists United. 
the great Kevin DuKuyper. Kevin, how are you? I am doing so wonderful. I just got back from a great, fantastic uh, vacation up in Canada, and now that I'm back, uh, everyone was surely missed. Uh, surely missed, and I love you guys, R- Rory and Daryl and Bob. And uh, I'm really gonna miss you, Rory, when you're going out next week for this uh, big event. So let's make it doubly uh, fantastic uh, this week. Absolutely, my friend. And I'm glad you had a good trip. And uh, yeah, well, we got a huge show tonight, a lot to get into. Uh, I also want to welcome to the show uh, ISIS escapee, radical Islam expert, activist, and best-selling author, the great IQ Al Razuli. IQ, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? Doing very well, my friend. Great to have you back. Uh, we definitely have a lot to get into. So, uh, everybody, let, let's get let's get into it. Um, I wanna I wanna start off with you know obviously the headline news today was Trump signing sanctions uh, on Iran. You know this was it was announced like at the beginning of the weekend or like late last week that Trump was going to start putting the sanctions on uh, today. And he did, um, you know, they, they had a, they had a huge press conference. Uh, well, not a press conference, but Trump was there. And, um, you know, I love, I love the way he carries himself. I love how straightforward he is. I love how transparent and, and firm, firm he is. I mean, it, there's so there's so much to this guy. You know, it, it's 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 like he and like I've said many times, he's like a hundred steps ahead of all of us, of everyone. Like he's he's like a he's like a chess player. It's like he he knows that Iran is struggling economically. They are in many ways. They're really struggling because of this Iran nuke deal getting canceled. And getting taken away, and all these sanctions are going to do um, is going to create a huge burden and you know discomfort for Iran. I mean, they, you know, <laughs> they have all these demands and they have all these threats and they have all this hostility, but all it does is it gets them further away from what they want. You know, obviously they want part of the wealth. They want part of what the U.S. has. They want to be on a lot of these other countries' tariffs, you know, you know, levels that, that are, are making deals with the U.S. But the way they're going about it, I mean, they, they, there's ways to go about it. You know, and I'll tell you this. God bless our president for holding back and not acting like a, an out-of-control neocon. Because Trump made an excellent point. He said that they didn't kill any of our people. They shot down a drone. Nobody died. Nobody was hurt. And, you know, I think it's very – I think it proves how big our president's heart is when he asked the person about about what would happen if we attacked Iran. He asked how many people would die, and the guy said, I think, like 150 or something. And, you know, Trump's like – yeah, I mean, he knows. He knows. I mean, we've seen in past years what Bush has had to go through, what some of these other presidents have had to go through by starting a war. And let's face the facts, guys. You know, the, the, uh, these wars, you know, are 
a lot – I mean, some of them are necessary, but there's been a handful of situations in these wars that were a waste of money and so unnecessary. But the, why, why does it happen? Because you've got people – and I'm not – you know what? I'm not going to put down John Bolton. I think John Bolton is a patriot. I think he's brilliant. I think he's extremely talented. But admit it, guys. People like that, they love war. And when you have people like that saying stuff into your ear – and even Trump said on, on the interview, and I'll, I'll play it here. I'll play the clip here shortly. But he said – he even admitted John Bolton was a neocon. Well, he didn't say those words, but he said, yeah, if John Bolton right now could take on everybody and, and he knows he could, he would do it. I mean, he, this guy wants to, be, you know, obviously be uh, a huge um, war figure, which, you know, I, you know, I, I, you know, I have my, I have my back and forth with that, which is understandable. But when you have people like that, getting back to what I was saying, in your administration that are influencing you to go to war and do this stuff, it doesn't help. It doesn't help because Trump is not a war guy. You know, we heard him in the debates. He was actually one of the only Republicans that came out and said, I was not for the Iraq, I was not for the Iraq war. And I don't think he was for the Afghan war either. You know, the way things have destabilized the Middle East uh, from our actions and some of the dumb mistakes we've made is, is sad, and it's scary, and it's, you know, it's to a certain extent um, not curable. I mean, we've, there's been so much damage in the Middle East. And I want to I play, play the clip uh, of President Trump signing the sanctions this morning. But think, think, about, think about, you know, the situation of how how me- like you know how there's method actors there's like method actors our president is so method this guy you know he studies the ins and outs he's and i've called him the michael jordan of politics you know he he studies the ins and outs he studies various things of what what works and what what doesn't and it's like he he, 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 he portrays things perfectly, this president. The way he accomplishes things, the way he deals with people and other leaders and how they're bowing to us to make a deal with us. I mean there's so many things that are just so profound and so unexplainable about this president, and it's really a beautiful thing to watch. It really is. We've never seen anything like it, and I don't think we ever will again, to be honest with you. Um, let, let's play. Let's play this clip, though. Um, one, four. In a few moments, I'll be signing an executive order imposing hard-hitting sanctions on the Supreme Leader of Iran and the Office of the Supreme Leader of Iran and many others. Today's action follows a series of aggressive behaviors by the Iranian regime in recent weeks, including shooting down of U.S. drones. You shot down the drone. It's uh, I guess everyone uh, saw that one, and uh, many other things. They've done many other things aside from the individual drone. You saw the tankers, and we know of other things that were done also, which were not good and not appropriate. The Supreme Leader of Iran is one who ultimately is responsible for the hostile conduct of the regime. He's respected within his country. 
His office oversees the regime's most brutal instruments, including the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. Sanctions imposed through the executive order that I'm about to sign will deny the Supreme Leader and the Supreme Leader's office and those closely affiliated with him and the office access to key financial resources and support. The assets of Ayatollah Khomeini and his office will not be spared from the sanctions. These measures represent a strong and proportionate response to Iran's increasingly provocative actions. We will continue to increase pressure on Tehran until the regime abandons its dangerous activities and aspirations, including the pursuit of nuclear weapons, increased enrichment of uranium, development of ballistic missiles, engagement in and support for terrorism, fueling of foreign conflicts, and belligerent acts directed against the United States and its allies. The agreement that was signed was a disaster. It was not doing what it was supposed to do. Many bad things were taking place. And most importantly, it was so short-term that within a very short number of years, they would be able to make nuclear weapons, and that's unacceptable. Never can Iran have a nuclear weapon. Also included in this is we want the stoppage immediately of their sponsoring of terrorism. They sponsor terrorism at a level that nobody's ever seen before. And that's been over the last number of years. And they've taken all of that money that was given to them by the past administration, and much of it was given out to terrorist organizations. In fact, I remember when John Kerry was asked a question about whether or not this money will be spent for terror, he actually said yes, or at least he was referring to some of it. But he said yes, it will be, it will be used for terror. We, if you can believe that, we're giving him money. We're saying, yes, it can be used for terror. That was not a good answer. Uh, but that was the least of it, frankly. So America is a peace-loving nation. We do not seek conflict with Iran or any other country. I look forward to the day when sanctions can be finally lifted and Iran can become a peaceful, prosperous, and productive nation. That can go very quickly. It can be tomorrow. It can also be in years from now. So I look forward to uh, discussing whatever I have to discuss with anybody that wants to speak. In the meantime, who knows what's going to happen? I can only tell you we cannot ever let Iran have a nuclear weapon, and it won't happen. And secondly, and very importantly, we don't want money going out to sponsor terror. Uh, they are the number one sponsor of terror anywhere in the world. So I'll sign this order right now, and I want to thank our military. I want to thank all of the people that have been working with me over the last number of months on this. I think a lot of restraint has been shown by us, a lot of restraint. And that doesn't mean we're going to show it in the future. But uh, I felt that uh, we want to give, give this a chance, give it a good chance, because I think Iran potentially has a phenomenal future. Just And I say that about North Korea, too. I've said it about North Korea. I think North Korea has a phenomenal future. And I think Iran also has a phenomenal future. And I would like to, I think a lot of people would like to see them get to work on that great future. So I'll sign this now. And I appreciate you all being here. Thank you.
So there you have it, everybody. You know, Iran is, is so used to acting like little children and trying to be little bullies and getting their way that way. I mean, we saw how it worked for Obama, you know, the, 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 the pussy, the pussy Muslim Obama, Osama, I call him, I call him Osama, Barack Hussein Osama gave them money and, and basically got on his knees for them. You know, it's, he, you talk about weak and, you know, we're going to get into, you know, the, the, how, how, fatal and how terrible Obama was for the black community. But you see these people in the black community that think they're gangster. And I don't want to get too off topic, but we're going to get more into this later. These people in the black community think they're gangster and and they try to brag about how great Obama is. Obama's probably the, I've never seen a more, I've never seen a guy act more like a chick, the way he walks, the way he talks. I've never seen a straight guy with arms like that. I don't want to get too off topic though. and, And I know I'm, probably making people laugh, you know, laugh, and this is funny, but it's actually true as well. So I'll, I'll get into it, though. We'll get into it. But bottom line, we have a new sheriff in town. We have a guy with giant brass balls, Donald J. Trump. Takes no bullshit from anybody. You know what? He tells people how it is, unlike the other way around. You know, Donald Trump isn't the, isn't the Barack Obama type where, you know, he gets spent, you know, let's face it. Obama's the type that gets bent over by his wife in the bedroom. Obama doesn't do, you know, he, he, he doesn't, Obama doesn't do the banging. He gets banged. Obama gets banged. That's what happens. I'm just, I'm just telling you the facts. When you have a guy like Donald Trump, when you have somebody so tough, when you have somebody that's so fearless, somebody so, in a lot of ways, intimidating to so many other people, it's like there's nothing you can't accomplish. The sky is the limit. There's a reason why Donald Trump has fulfilled 85% of his agenda within two years. Again, that's 85% of his agenda within two years. And listen to this. Beginning last year when Trump withdrew from the nuclear deal, his administration has effectively banned Iranian oil exports, the country's main revenue source, and moved on to smaller targets such as the iron, steel, aluminum, and copper industries. And what, what these sanctions do, make no mistake, people, these really uh, mess with Iran's economy because if any other country tries to make a deal with Iran, anything, they're going to get penalized by the U.S. And we all know how all these countries around the world need the U.S. more than we need them. True. It's very, very true. And, you know, we're dealing, we're dealing with a lot right now, I'll tell you. Uh, Dr. Branch, go ahead. I'll tell you what, we are dealing with a lot. Isn't it great, Rory? You're cutting out a little bit. I was saying, isn't it great to have a president that looks at the people of the United States, speaks his mind? He says, I I have surrounded myself with hawks and doves. But what he did not say, which would have been more accurate, I surround myself with hawks and doves, and by the way – the Democrats are just a brood of snakes. What right. Maxine Waters has been attacking this president over, first of all, she's accusing him James of Brown. waging, oh yeah, he's, he's waging <laughs> he's waging war <laughs> on Iran, pushing him into it. Now, with this sanction, she's saying, well, don't think that this is going to get you out of being impeached. 
Then today she comes across and she says the <laughs> lie. She repeats the lie that Iran repeated. How do you, Mr. President, you know, justify our drones being in Iran's airspace? This is a United States Congresswoman, Maxine sure. Waters. She is on the side of Iran yep. when she should be on the side of America. This is this mm-hmm. is this is unacceptable. She is a viper. She is a snake. And to me, you know, you know, and I know that uh, Kevin and, and Daryl will talk about you know uh, Barack Obama, but <laughs> Maxine Waters and also Omar and AOC. You mentioned that Donald Trump had completed 85% of his agenda in two years, and that yes. is with no one's support. He would have completed exactly. 100% if he would have had the support of, of the, the House and Senate, as he should yeah. have. And to, and to me, there has been no greater accomplishment by a president than being able to accomplish what he has had with almost zero support. And in fact, you know, every day the, this brood of vipers attacks him, and to me, yep. it's just unacceptable. Maxine Waters, uh, you know, this this is treasonous for her to come up, attack the president of the United States using the lies of our enemies, and to me, that's it's, it's just what she's done. She has attacked our president using the lies of our enemies to attack him. It's it's incredible. It's incredible. Then you got people like AOC coming across and saying, you know, oh, down at and, and this today Kamala Harris yeah, also supporting this. How to hide? Exactly how to hide. Then, then to say that we have concentration camps on our border, Rory. Do you know how you know you don't have concentration camps she, on and our then border? And she refused to go to Auschwitz. They offered to go to Auschwitz, her to go to Auschwitz, so she could see what a concentration camp looks like, and then she denies the request. It's so ignorant. It's ignorant. And do you know how you know there is no concentration camps on our border? Because you have hundreds of thousands of people running towards them. They want to come into this state. They want to come into the United States. People do not run towards the concentration camp. And to me, that is the most insane thing. And Kamala Harris repeated pretty much the same thing. (laughs) saying that it is a human rights infraction what the United States is doing. These people are disgusting, and they don't deserve anybody's vote. Very true. You're absolutely right. Uh, I do do want to welcome to the show uh, political lobbyist, political commentator, activist, and radio show host Michael Hart. Michael, how are you? I'm good, Rory. How are you? Doing well, man. What are your your thoughts on, on all this Iran? You know, sanctions and all and all this stuff being put into place by the president today. Well, obviously, Rory, you know, I'm supportive of the president's you know policies, just like you are. But I think you know, in the 15 years that I've been doing this, I think it's important to realize that you know the the United States of America or the West in particular doesn't understand the Middle Eastern ideology. However, they definitely understand us. And, you know, we've had this condition of appeasement, you know, directed towards the Iranians, 
from from the Obama administration, the the Carter administration to a degree, also the Clinton administration. You know, we've had appeasement, which gave us Adolf Hitler with with Chamberlain during World War II. You know, we had the appeasement of Kim Il Sung, the grandfather of of Kim Jong Un, and it's it's a condition of the Democrat Party to basically you know you know plant your bits and pieces between your cheeks, so to speak. And to run the other way and to try to bribe people with the hopes that they'll go away. And, you know, there's this just complete divorce from reality of what's going on over there. And, and, but Trump was, however, right with the response to the drone. You know, you, you don't want to go in. You don't want to engage us in yet another war in that region for, you know, over the, over the, the, uh, the issue of the drone and the, and the lack of a loss of life over there. But, you know, one of the things that's interesting is that you know when when we had the Iranian hostage crisis under Jimmy Carter, and then the the, the hostages were released during the early days. I mean, literally, you know, right after Reagan's inaugurated. That was because they didn't understand Reagan. They they knew Reagan was a cowboy. They were fearful of Reagan. He was wily, and they didn't know you know if he was going to be a button pusher or whatever the case may be. And Trump brings that to bear. So on one side you had the Republican Party that has been you know this unwielding character in terms of the presidency versus the Democrats over the year that have been the party of capitulation. So the fact that Trump showed his humanitarianism while he stood strong, almost a, in a, a JFK missiles of October crisis kind of a platform, you know, I think it was a brilliant move on his part. He showed that he could be flexible, but he showed that he could be stern at the same time. But, you know, one thing that we do need to get through our heads in this country and politicians need to understand, we are in a holy war. This is a religious war. It is a war of theology and theocracy. And we are not going to win it just with diplomacy. We're going to have to kick a little A every, every once in a while. And people are going to have to understand these are two devout ideologies sharply contrasting with one another. And I think this president realizes that. Very well said, Michael. Always on point. You're absolutely right. Uh, I agree. Uh, Daryl, go ahead, Daryl. We always love hearing from you, Daryl. Go ahead. Yeah, I'd be remiss if I allowed you to talk about how effeminate Barack Obama is without also talking about how uh, masculine his uh, quote-unquote wife is. So I think they make it's, a great, looks, a literally, great couple. Literally looks, like, <laughs> literally looks like an extra from Planet of the Apes. You know what? And that, You know what? Believe me, guys. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, like, it's a linebacker. It's a foot, Michael Obama is a football player. It's like a Michael goddamn Strahan. I mean, that, you, you better get out of the way. If Big Mike is mad at you because you know what's going to happen, Michael Obama. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, no, no, Daryl, Daryl, you're absolutely and, right because there were people in the White House saying Obama's terrified of his wife. I wonder what that means. Well, I, I'm I'm terrified of his wife. I mean, if she's even uglier, <laughs> she's twice as ugly on the inside as she is on the outside. So uh, I think that uh, I think that they make a great couple when you oh, point out the effeminate person. nature of, of Barack. But uh, I, I do want to say that I was very impressed with the way that Trump handled this entire uh, situation. And, you know, this was a real gut check moment. And a lot of people that voted for him for his rejection of some of the expeditions into the Middle East from, you know, the prior administrations and the neoconservatives were very concerned that we were getting led into a war with Iran. And he showed restraint, but then he also responded with, uh, you know, measured force. And I think that 
his response was was very good, and and I think that he's he's now reset the dynamic with Iran, and we're going to see how they respond, and how they react to it. You know, and certainly we do know from the past that they have quite a history of being a a a bad actor, but it'll be interesting to see how they react to the strong leadership that they're getting from Trump, because I I think that all of his actions are are displaying strength. I think that. Uh, holding back shows strength sometimes, just like going for it shows strength, which is kind of the opposite of a Barack Obama who, uh, you know, he right. talks about a red line and then the red line gets crossed and he does nothing mm-hmm. and then he waffles back and forth. Uh, Trump has taken charge of this this situation and he's also uh, proceeding with a, a level of caution that I think is comforting to his base. And I think that at the same time, those that have legitimate concerns about the Iranian government are also seeing that he's taking the necessary steps to to push back on them. So all in all, I've been very impressed with the way that he's handled that. And, you know, we talk about foreign policy and matters of of war. These are absolutely huge topics. And your prior guess is correct. I mean, we are in in the midst of a, uh, you know, a, a, a spiritual war. And it's it's a it's a, it's a war that is you know being played out all across the globe, and there's a, a foreign policy element of it, and there's also a domestic policy of it for the the spirit of this nation and the spirit of the American people, and it's a unilateral battle. And in a few nights, we're going to be hearing from the Democrats about you know where they intend to take this country, which is straight to hell. And I think <laughs> that we should all be watching that. And taking notes on the perverse ideas that they're going to be projecting, and uh, all of this going on on the backdrop of Pride Month, where you know every corporation in America is is now uh, <laughs> force feeding this stuff on on children all across the country. You know that's no, where that's where the line is crossed. Funny, yeah. I'm laughing in embarrassment. I'm appalled that they that they put it yeah. on children. Like that's how disgusting yeah. our culture is. So, yeah. It's it's appalling. I mean, my good friend down in Jacksonville is telling me that they they brought that stuff down to Jacksonville. They're doing it at the libraries, and they asked to do a Bible study at the library at the day that they were having the uh, the transsexuals reading to children, and they were denied <laughs> that. They were told that that no, you you cannot come in here and read the Bible to children um, when we've designated the day for cross dressers to read to children. This is this is a very serious action. And these need to be addressed in a forceful manner. These are this is a, a a widespread conspiracy to sexually propagandize deviancy to children, and it needs to be frankly prosecuted in an aggressive manner. So, those are those are my thoughts on on the topics raised thus far. And again, just my full support for Donald Trump and how he's handling everything with Iran thus far. Yeah, and Daryl, I, I like the point you brought up. You know how he's handling it. You know, let, let's face the fact that. You know, there's many leaders that, you know, would jump off, would be on their high horse and, you know, and and would have all the arrogance and and the ego and would be like, hell yeah, let's go to war. Let's show them who's boss. But Trump held back, stayed calm, collective, you know, didn't didn't let the wrong, uh, you know, mindset do the talking. And I think that's really important. And needs to be pointed out, and everybody really needs to understand this because if this was a George W. Bush, or if this was somebody that was a, an establishment right. Republican, I think I think we'd be in war right now. Right. 
yeah, we, we probably would, you know, and, and that's the thing is that a true lion will sometimes let a flea get a few bites in before he completely terrorizes the hyenas. And I think this is a great example of that, whereas someone that's, uh, you know, very, that lacks that confidence will sometimes be easily led into these conflicts as Bush was, and Obama was just entirely uneven in his entire approach. And, and the Iranian deal that they struck as, as uh, you know, Trump correctly condemned uh, is borderline treasonous when you look at how, how absolutely irresponsible and feckless that, that agreement was. It was borderline treasonous. And certainly when you talk about the, the money being handed over, that's, that's not borderline at all. It's abject treason. So between Bush and, and Obama, you know, we see two two kind of opposites of what can go wrong, and I think – Trump is kind of that that right in the middle, getting it right. I think right. that he's. I think that we've got a firm hand on the wheel right now on foreign policy, and we're seeing a lot of positives, being a positive movements. Obviously, everything going on in North Korea as well speaks to that. Yeah, I agree. Very, very well said. Uh, let, let's go to let's go to IQ IQ Rizzuli, uh over in Europe. Go ahead. Uh, of course, I agree with most of what everybody is saying, but the most important thing was the guest that you had earlier at the very beginning of the talk show when he said that a lot of Americans went to a meeting and they're all Republicans and they put forth their opinions. Mm-hmm. Unless Americans do that, unless the American people, the parents do that, by going to these schools, by going to the meetings of these schools, by the tens of thousands, by the thousands, because after all, they are paying the money to have the education of the children. Mm-hmm. They cannot allow the headmasters and the teachers what to teach. They are the ones, right. the parents I'm talking about, always the parents. If we, the right. people, do not act, Trump alone cannot do it. I've been saying this since day one when he became president. We, the people, have to act. We, the people, have to go to these meetings. Not disrupt yes. them with stupidity, no. Show that they are concerned about their children, about the moral concerns of their children, about the education of their children. There is no education in the United States of America today and for the last, what, 20, 30 years of teaching them about the American Constitution or about yes. the American Revolution. I'm an outsider right. looking in. I'm in Europe, and I know more about these things than most Americans do. The other thing, yeah. what, um, what Trump did with Iran was brilliant. You said he was a chess player. I agree with you. He's a three-dimensional chess player, three-dimensional. He's way ahead of everybody. John Bolton yeah. is excellent, true. He is for war. But the beauty of the power of the presidency is it's the final analysis. It is the president who decides yes or no. And by deciding not to go, this was brilliant. It was exactly the same move as he did with Kim Jong-un when he went to the meeting and the other yep. guy was not going to deliver and Donald Trump just left. This was brilliant. Yep. Why? Next act of terror in any way, shape, or form by Iran will justify him to go to war. My question, and I haven't had any answers, was it shot in international or in Iranian airspace? This is so important. 
I don't know if you have the answer. I don't know if anybody came up with the answer. After all, the Iranians brought parts and pieces of it, so it must have fallen on Iranian territory. Mm-hmm. Although this is not a justification. The fact right. that Iran captured Americans in mm-hmm. 1979 and the American yeah. embassy was an act of war. Carter should have gone to war, but he didn't. Obama should have done something about it, but he didn't. Obama was a treasonous. The fact that he paid $150 billion plus $1.5 billion or something in cash, this is the ultimate act of treason. It's not only Walters, Maxine, and the others. All of them in the Democrat Party, from my point of view across the pond, are treasonous, every single one of them. Not only treasonous. They are yep. literally undermining the morale and the culture of the United States of America. And hopefully enough Americans, enough parents, black, white, and Hispanic, will wake up to the fact that the opposition and those who are opposing Donald Trump are they actually the enemies of we the people. Back to you, sir. Very well said, IQ. And I just I want to ask your thoughts on, and I, and I wanted to mention this to the audience, uh, there was a report out that President Trump has cut the Syrian refugee surge by more than 60%. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? First of all, throughout the case of the Syrian refugees, there were no Syrian refugees who are black. I don't know if you can understand what I'm telling you. Syrians right. are white-skinned or right. light-skinned. Right. The news media shows you Africans, and they call them Syrian refugees. This was mm-hmm. a deception. And by the way, it's continuing right. even today as we speak. There are only a few million who were in Syria. Only a few right. million who were trying to escape. Nobody is answering the question. Why are the Syrians coming to the West? Why are they going to America? The lands of the infidel instead of going to the lands of Islam. Who, is not, who are refusing to have them. Why isn't anybody concentrating on this? The news media don't tell you this. Why are they coming to the West? The West is the infidel country. The reason they come to the West is because they will undermine us, and they are undermining us in Europe and America. So it's a red herring. There aren't enough Syrians who are coming to America to justify what's happening on the border. They are coming from Africa. They're coming from Latin America. They are not Syrian. Back to you, sir. Yeah, no, I hear you. Very, very well said. Uh, let's go to Kevin. Kevin Dukeiper, go ahead, buddy. Well, you're all absolutely right. And I couldn't be more proud of our president. The way that he handled all of this situation, he had a firm hand, a big stick, and he had the reserve to make sure that we wouldn't lose all these uh, lives in a war that was started over something as uh, I would say a very minor as uh, shooting down of a drone or the maybe possibly a a tanker got uh, mined. But just the fact that you got to remember that uh, war is not a partisan issue. That you have the Republicans and the Democrats throughout all of history have used war as their means of obtaining their foreign policy and their own agendas. Uh, it, it just depends on whose faction do they rely on. You have Obama that's very much on Iran's side. You have Bush very much on the neoconservative, uh, just warmongering side. 
uh, very imperialistic. But ultimately what we have here is Trump that decides that he's going to fight for the American people. What is best for America first? And that's something that's very rare and that's very special about our president. He, he really thinks things through, and despite some of his counsel and the people speaking in his ear that uh, make up much of his administration that to do want war like like Bolton, he really thought things out and made a very measured response to all this. And I think mm-hmm. the most fascinating development of all this is the fact that he had received private uh, conversation with uh, the Fox News host Tucker Carlson uh, asking for advice about this whole dilemma. And in the end, we didn't go to war, which he very well, uh, I believe, would have. And I, I think that's really fascinating to hear that someone like, uh, you know, a primetime Fox News uh, anchor would have the influence to kind of direct a little bit and influence our president on his foreign policy. I think it's fantastic. And even after that, uh, he continues to go on the air and speak about how he has these very uh, not American first people counseling him like Brett Stevens and Bill Crystal and, and John Bolton who are uh, trying to do everything they can to insinuate and just start up this war with, uh, with Iran. And Iran's a powerhouse, and it's a very good thing that we're making sure that they don't get nukes because I think we very well know that if they get nukes, they're going to you know, nuke Israel, they're going to nuke Europe, they're going to nuke America. They could probably, and uh, we just can't let that happen. And I think it's uh, very important, too, that we're not aggravating, you know, a a war that's going to lead to nuclear fallout across the board. So uh, I'm very proud of our our presence all across the board there. And I I think he really is able to uh, use common sense and not just this one-sided dove or this war hawk kind of mentality that's really going to guide our our foreign policy correctly. And, uh, also something that's really incredible that's going on with uh, immigration in particular is the fact that we have more African immigrants than ever in our history coming in through our country. As we've talked about it before, um, you know, there's no war necessarily in Africa. It's it's very anarchic over there. Um, But what's important to to realize about all this is the fact that if um, no matter what's going on in in the world there's always going to be people that want to come to america it's not a concentration camp it's not a, a terrible place by any means whatsoever it's a very beautiful place that everyone wants to live in and so the the more we cause uh, turmoil in other countries the more we're going to get people from all over the world coming in in even greater droves so i'm, I'm glad we're not expanding the wars and i'm, I'm very glad that uh, we have hopefully within the next couple of weeks um, some major crackdowns and some deportations because we really want to protect uh, the American people and the American interests and not those of these African or Middle Eastern or other countries that do not believe in our values. Yeah, very very well said. Uh, let, let's go to Mike Peters in New York, then we're going to take a quick commercial, and then we'll come back and introduce Travis Loudermilk. But uh, Mike Peters, go ahead. Well, first off, I think, you know, the, the same thing that I always say, that everybody always, they always judge situations overseas based on how we live our lives here. And you can't do that with the Middle East. You're dealing with people that will not deal with you and respect you unless they fear you. And everybody says, no, you can't be like that. We have to be compassionate. Don't, you don't get it. These people will smile at you, the, the fanatics that are over there, and they'll, they'd rather slit your throat than deal with you. 
These people are fanatic. The ones that we're having the big problem, and Iran is one of the. They're one of the. Yeah, people have said it's a powerhouse, but it's one of the main culprits, one of the main players involved in international terror and everything else behind the scenes. And the only way to deal with somebody like that is is the same way that we dealt with Japan at the end of the war and brought it to an end. And I was saying you're a war hawk. No, I'm being realistic about it and looking at it through history. Look at the history. Look at the background, the background story with them and what we've been dealing with for years and the mentality we're dealing with. And you're not going to do it. And everybody says, no, you can't do that with these people. You don't understand. Listen, the world has never seen a greater terrorist, a more fearsome, ferocious terrorist than the Japanese were in World War II. And take a look at the videos that are on YouTube of Saipan, where you had women taking their children jumping off the cliffs to commit suicide rather than have to put up with American occupation. When we went into Iran or Afghanistan, did you see any, any uh, Muslims taking their children and jumping in the rivers committing suicide? No. They're cowards. And what did it take to, to shut down the terrorists, the, the, the Japanese government with their kamikazes and that mentality, the Bushido? What did it take? Two footprints. Two major cities, and they stopped and realized, okay, we're not going to win this at all. That's what shut them down. So unless you really show your strength and flex your muscles, that's the way to deal with these assholes. Because otherwise, they're not going to deal with you, and you're not going to get anywhere until they fear you. Then they'll respect you. That's all they understand. Now, one thing that I do that I do have uh, um, respect for here. Is Congress, one thing I wanted to mention, did you see the bill that Ted, Senator Ted Cruz came out with about six or eight hours ago? It was filed in Congress. He's demanding that yep. from the seized assets that the Iranians pay for whatever the cost was for that drone. And it's a significant amount of money. It's up there in the millions, $100 million or $200 million. Yeah, it said it could yeah. be anywhere from 120 to $220 million. I hope they, they do this. Make them pay for it. They should pay for it. Yes, All right, thanks. No, I agree. I agree, Mike. I mean, if they destroy the property, they should they should they should reimburse us. Just so there's no. Yeah. I mean, there already is some. There already is somewhat of bad blood between us. But you know, don't make it worse. I mean, if you if you you do something, take accountability for it. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's it. It's true. It's very true, Mike. Very true. All right, everybody. We'll be right back. We're gonna go to a quick commercial, and then we'll be right back. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love like chicken, shrimp, and cheese just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street foods. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. 
packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sodder Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 24 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our media site, The Next, N-E-X, Gen, G-E-N, USA, dot com. And uh, remember, in the coming weeks, in, the, in about a month, we will be releasing the brand new media site, which will be having 24-7 constant news programming. We have pretty much 80 to 85% of the, the Spots filled for the for the time slots for TV slots. Remember, we'll be having people overseas uh, doing shows as well as here, obviously in our country. Um, and the main uh, poster uh, people, spokespeople for the site, the faces of the site will be the director of Jihad Watch, Robert Spencer, and America's toughest sheriff and godfather of immigration, Joe Arpaio. Two close friends of mine. And as everybody knows, they have millions and millions of followers. So they're going to be a huge asset and big help to our um, network. Very excited to have them aboard. Um, I want to welcome to the show uh, political commentator, activist, lobbyist, radio and TV show producer, Travis Loud, Loud Loudermilk. How are you, my friend? Welcome to the show. <laughs> uh, very good. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Travis, so what's, what's going on, man? Your first time on. Uh, I definitely yeah. want to kind of, you know, get a little bit about you, your bio. I know you used to produce the Jesse, the Jesse Lee Peterson show, I believe. Uh, but you it seems like you've done a lot. Uh, you yeah. obviously have family that, that are politicians as well. Uh, I wouldn't know about any family who are politicians. I think there's a buddy named Laddermilk who's in office somewhere, but I, I don't know him personally. I mean – for, with Jesse Peterson, I, I worked a little bit on the radio show, but mainly I worked for The Fallen State, which was his uh, YouTube TV series. Very nice. So, so, so tell us, so tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting experience. Uh, got to know Jesse and uh, the crew over there. Worked there for a while. Um, fortunately, I got let go by Jesse. He fired me because of. Uh, anti-Semitism. So ever since then, I've kind of just been doing my own thing. I started a channel on BitChute called uh, This Side of Heaven. And uh, I've just been kind of going my own way. I figured I'd let God take the reins for a while. So I'm just going to see what happens. What hap- What happens? So, uh, so, I mean, everybody makes everybody makes comments in their life. Everybody makes mistakes. 
You know, people people but, get I mean, caught in the moment. Make, what I happened? Make, I didn't make mistakes. It's just that I have different values and views on on Israel and a lot of other different things. And you know, we just it, it just didn't. You know, his his agenda was not mine, and so he just felt like he had to let me go. And I respect that. I you know I respect that. Coming as a boss and, and as a human being, he has the right to make that decision. So I didn't take that personally, but um, I always looked up to him as like a truth teller. And um, there are certain truths he won't actually come out about. Therefore, I just, um, you know, it, it, for me, it was almost, it, that's kind of where I take it personally because it, he kind of disappointed me. And then he kind of, you know, in a way, he made, he made me his enemy, but I think he's still he's still like he's one of those people who you can't really make mad, and uh, I'm not yeah. mad at him or whatever. He's just he's just not my ally. If that makes sense. Right. So, so what? So what are you? What are you working on now? Tell us. What do you? What do you got going on? Yeah. Right now, I'm just doing a channel where I make sort of um, breakdowns, videos of uh, uh, political, social, cultural commentary um, that are very, very uh, very edgy, hard cutting, straight to the point. But my whole shtick is that, uh, you know, I, I've been listening to commentators on YouTube and other sources for a while now. And the one thing I'm getting very tired of is everybody keeps talking about problems and nobody's offering solutions to problems. So my thing is to actually figure out what, yeah, I got to figure out what the problem is and then I got to give a solution. I cannot upload something where there's no solution involved. And my solutions are radical. Um, but, you know, you guys, I heard you guys talking about AOC and that Omar girl in Congress. And you got to understand, you know, those people aren't there because they deserve to be there or they won that spot. They're there because they were chosen to be there and they are mouthpieces. Right. And all they're there for, they're not, they're not there to make any legislation. You don't have to worry about them actually passing anything. In due time, when Congress is completely brown women, of course, it will be a problem. But the thing that you have to realize is they're there to get their ideas into the mainstream. And we don't have anything like that on the right wing. And, we, and I don't, I'm not right wing. Actually, I'm not even a left winger. I don't, I'm not a conservative. I'm not a liberal. I don't believe in that. Uh, I'm a white American Christian male, and I'm fighting for those. I'm fighting for my people, no one else. That's basically how I see it. So my ideas are radical in order to inject them into the mainstream. Um, Beyond that, um, it doesn't matter after if they actually get, you know, if it's classic oversell. If you really want to get people talking about issues that you want to see in the in the mainstream, you have to oversell it. There's no way of it. And that's what AOC and Omar and those types do. So I'm trying to do the same thing with my videos right now. And I don't know, maybe they'll catch on. Maybe people will start waking up. We'll see. Give me, give me some examples of, of some of the extreme because I – you know, uh, some of these extreme views because, you know, I think well, everybody I'll, I'll has give you, their I'll own. Well, I'll give you my take on Iran. <laughs> okay, go well, ahead, please. For all, for, all, for all I care, John Bolton and Ben Shapiro, can, they can write a check to Netanyahu, and Israeli men and women can go die for themselves on that battlefield. And if that doesn't work, draft detained illegal Mexicans and throw them on the front line because if they want to earn that citizenship, they better be willing to earn it. Because I really don't believe one white American man deserves to die on that battlefield. Not for Israel's sake, not for John Bolton's sake, not for Ben Shapiro's sake. It's really not in our interest at all to fight in the Middle East. And if it's about the oil, I would say let's put all of our money and effort into an alternative and let's not waste white men's lives 
in a dirt hole in the Middle East that we have nothing to do with at all. That's so you see what I mean? Yeah, and the, the whole world, well, the world police thing. I mean, you're basically saying the world, you don't want to be the world police, correct? You don't want Americans to die. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's, we're at the point where it's very clear that, you know, if people are always spouting off stuff right now about end times and stuff like that. You know, I, I can I just preface something, man? I just want to get out there because, you know, I know my ideas are radical, but in America right now, it's, it's, things are changing radically. And if we want to change it back, we've got to start thinking radically. And the nation's at a point of no return, right? And so if we don't realize this, failure to realize this means the death for white America. And I don't, I don't know why people can't say that. People always got to say, you know, America's not an idea, and it's not. It's the people. It's a culture. It's us. And I'm tired of people moving here and saying, oh, I moved here 10 years ago, but America's an idea, and anybody can. It's like, no, no, stop, 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 stop. That's, all that's nonsense pills, and all those people should probably go. And, because, and I'm saying this to your listeners because some of them might be not white. And I can assure you that, you know, my solutions for America are probably the safest and most logical steps we can take. These aren't solutions. That are actually, you know, if we don't do what I'm recommending, it's going to get very violent. And, right. you know, if you're not white, please understand this is nothing personal, but it's my right as a white American man to safeguard my people's interests. And I'm not going to, you know, you can support my platform, but you're not going to be, determine the platform. That's, that's, you know, like, and so... You know, if you are not white, you're listening. Sorry, but that's that's just the way it's got to be. There's no way around that. So, um, and you know, uh, you know, I just I have personal desires and stuff like that for what I want to see America become. And I just don't think enough white American men are on board. No, I mean, I, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think that you make a good point when you say, you know, this country is becoming really radical and. It, in certain ways, the only way, you know, to counter it or, or to make, you know, to cure it in a sense is to put something radical right back, correct? Um, in, a, in a funny way, that show The Handmaiden's Tale is – that's their fear of what America <laughs> – that's the, you know, left fear, Hollywood fear of what, you know, America could become or whatever. And I don't think that America – should ever get to the point where they're, they're, we're treating Christianity like Islam in the sense where we're making women with hoods and stuff. But the thing is that, you know, it, it might actually require that radical of a solution to hang on to what little left of white America we have left. You know, demographic is destiny. And if we, in Texas, you know, that's probably gone in four years. If you really, if you can't, yeah. I, you know, you guys like, you guys are really big on Trump and stuff, but I'm telling you, man, too little, too late. Uh, and my, you know, like, here's my solution for the border, um, shoot and kill order. And anybody who disobeys that, you know, you shoot to kill, and and I'm, I'm serious. And within the first 10 to 15 people who try to cross the border who get shot and killed, you're gonna, they're going to stop. They will stop. And, and, and when people look at me and say, you're, that's racist, you're crazy, I get that on the left and the right. People say you're too extreme. People on the right, I say to them, you know, what do you think they do at the border in Israel? <laughs> you know, Palestinians. Exactly. It, it, you know, this is not time for, um, this is not a time to play around. This is a time to get extremely yeah. serious. And, and I don't care if that means blood, as long as it means blood in, 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 that, that works for the real American people, which is 
white America. There's a little bit of black people who, get, who earn their fair share in their heritage, but if you can't prove it, I'm sorry, you're not you're not part of that. So, yeah. And and the two points you you just made really two really good points. Number one, you're absolutely right. The white race is in jeopardy, and I'll I'll tell many people why. Number one, we are at this point the most targeted, especially white conservatives. Right. And the fact that that's not acknowledged, the fact that that's not acknowledged enough in the media is disgusting because, you know what, the, 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 you know, when, when left wing blacks are saying how oppressed and how, you know, how much victims they are, they're actually the fascists. They're actually the attackers. You know, these people that are claiming oppression, at least most of them are the ones that are guilty. Well, Rory, they've turned us into the victims. They've turned us into, and so, it's a, it's a race to the bottom, and I'm saying who wants to get there first? You know, you, at the end of the day, there's going to be one bigot on top. You know, who do you want that to be? You want that to be the crazy, radical, mixed group of black, Mexicans, gays, and all them who are definitely going to murder white people. They're not, they're not going to stop it. Just, yep. oh, we're a majority now. And so, you know, like, I guess I'm sick and tired of hearing, you know, the problems with no solutions. I'm sick and tired of, of, of whites being told they can't group up based on race while every other group is doing it. I'm tired of being represented yeah. by colored women and Jews, and I want, I don't want, I don't want a pro-colored candidate. I want a white American male who's a pro-white candidate, and I don't want reactionary politics. Right? Pass, passivity is going to be the death of our nation. It, if we don't inject radical ideas into the conversation in mass, right, and make it hard for mainstream media to ignore the platform, then then they're just going to overlook all of white America's real problems. It's just, I don't know. It's that simple. Yeah. And the, the amount, the amount of racism against white people. I think this is important to point out. And you know what? I mean, I I agree with with a, a good amount of the stuff you said, but there's some things I didn't agree with. But I I will agree to the sense that I think the white people are the biggest race under attack right now. I really do. I mean, I you know I I'm seeing all all the people in the black community that are crying wolf constantly, especially the war on cops. And uh, you know you yeah. have illegals, you have illegals coming in and causing all this crime and, and trying to be entitled and acting like they belong here and should stay. Hell no. Here's another problem: the, the border. And I agree with you. You know, actually, believe it or not, I said on my show like three or four months ago, why don't we just have the guns ready? Like the border patrol right. should have the guns ready. Somebody comes across that border, they're shot. And I don't care who it is. Done. You can't play the you can't play the sympathy man, card woman, because child. what happens yeah, what happens in foreign child. countries is if you trespass in foreign countries, they'll shoot you in the fucking head. Excuse my French, yep. but that's what they do in yep. these foreign countries. Yeah, and and, and, and the thing is, is like, and I they and don't I, care if you're a little Lord, child. They don't care. I don't want to. I don't want us to stoop to the level of like that has to become the the normal, right? It's that the world's but so like chaotic. scare them to the, to and, the uh, point where they don't come across. You got to scare them. You have to you have to put the fear of God in them. Otherwise, they will just keep coming in numbers and numbers so great that you can't even deport them in time. And it's it's and you know I and that's the thing kind of like that makes me think about our culture because they're they're manipulate their numbers are manipulating our culture right and yeah. and and so it's so important that. You know, you have what's called considered the conservative movement, but you know it's the alt-right talking point that the conservatives uh, can't conserve anything, and I agree with that a hundred percent. Because 
if you look at what happened after Reagan, right? I mean, I, I hear what a lot of you guys are saying on, you know, before I came on, it, it, it seems like you mean well, but it sounds like everything that people would have been saying during Reagan's administration, and look what followed, right? You had Bush, Clinton, Bush, and Obama, and it, it just got worse. And so what I think what I, you know, I'm not one, without proof or real evidence. I'm not one, but I, I, Trump is heavily involved with Jewish money. He's got, he's got, He's got backers that have, I, what I believe, have had him in the reins for this for a long time, and I, I don't think I can trust him because it's just like Reagan where you get the right-wing Christian side completely drummed up, and it's, they praise someone who's almost putting a blindfold on them and just making them feel good and, and, and while their country just slips through their fingers. And, and so, see, this is – you guys really are cheerleaders for Trump, but I'm telling you, if you don't hold your leader to the fire, how does he know he's making mistakes? How does he know? How does he know to turn up the heat in certain areas to really crack down in certain areas if everybody's just cheering him on nonstop and nobody watches? Right, but besides besides this one thing that you have an issue with, are you pretty much satisfied with most things he's done? You know what? He's he's, he's kind of funny. But that's all I really like about the guy. I, I don't like the fact that he can't say um, white. He can't say white people. And this is what this is this is what this is my litmus test for any politician. If you can't even if you can't even address it, he will say black people, Latino people, blah 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 blah. But he won't say white people. And that's because the people who actually do control Donald Trump don't they don't give a crap about white people. And then fact, they despise white people and. And so you get that's where you get in the entire theological debate with Judeo Christian and you have the the eight pack debate and that's where me and like you know, that's where I fall off with a lot of conservatives because you have the Elon Omars who say Congress is all about the Benjamins and then I'm like, Well she's right. You know, you don't get into Congress unless you, you're basically a butt boy to APAC and I and you know, I'm an American white man. I, I don't care what happens in Israel. I don't give a crap what happens to Israel. It, you know, they this, I care what happens to. I'm really America first. I'm not an Israel firster at all. And I and people say, well, then you're not a Christian. And I I don't understand that at all because, you know, for for the longest time, Christians have had a healthy dose of anti-Semitism, and for a reason. <laughs> and so I just I can't agree with the president who's so embedded with with Jews. It's just never going to happen with me, man. I think they're responsible for so much. You know, destruction of Western society that it goes. It's just uh, they're not they're not working on they're not working on my interest, and they want us to work on their interest, but they never return the favor. I mean, so I just for for me, Trump's kind of I think he's funny. I think he's a funny guy, and I think that a lot of people woke up to the media when he got elected. But other than that, I think the media might be attacking him just to make the the right wing conservative movement just rally around him and defend him with with little to no criticism because they just feel like they have to defend him constantly. They can't, they can't let any of that get through. And I, there's a lot of legitimate criticism with his connections to, to Chabad Lubavitch and a lot of these really powerful Jewish um, lobbying groups that just, you know, they work overtime to undermine America. And a lot of, a lot of Christian Zionists will call me an anti-Semite and, They'll hate me and stuff like that, but I it's the truth, you know, so I don't know. Well I well I do I do appreciate uh your thoughts. I mean, even though if I disagree with some of the stuff, 
Uh, I do. I do got to take a quick commercial, real quick. But we will. We will be right back. Stay with us. All right. No problem. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, SkyRace Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at SkyRace Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaceSecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind the scenes production. Everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert, to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. And we are back, the Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide, listened to in 24 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our media site, the next, N-E-X-Gen, G-E-N-U-S-A.com. Um, guys, I want to, I really want to get into 
there's so many different things. There's so many different things going on right now that I want to get into, and I think we all need to talk about it. Is obviously, you know, there's there's so many things going on with immigration. Uh, let's see here. Oh yeah. So I'm re I'm I'm reading everything that's going on. I'm going through all the reports this past weekend. I'm you know, going, you know, just reviewing everything very thoroughly. And obviously we know President Trump has delayed the ICE uh, immigration raids for two weeks. Um, it was supposed to happen this past, this weekend on starting Sunday. They were going to start going in there and getting people out by the millions. And we know how talented ICE is. We, we know that they have all of this, all these capabilities and all this access and, and you know, di- different technology information that they can get on, get on these people to track them and all that stuff. So, you know, I know we've had some people that say, you know, have said, oh, well, how the hell are they going to get millions of people out of here? It's a, it's a lot easier than you actually think, considering how evolved technology is, how these people are the best at their craft, how these people are trained to, you know, they, in a lot of ways, ICE are like bounty I mean, they, they are. They're like bounty hunters. They can find people pretty much every, anywhere. These people are very, very well-skilled and tough as hell. The shit that they have to go through, I mean, God bless them. I'll tell you, God, God bless them. Um, and we're seeing it, like, like with the whole thing with the illegals, this should piss anybody off. We're seeing in New York now, for instance. New York Democrats gifted 250,000 illegal alien drivers, no, $250,000 to illegal alien drivers to Uber and delivery companies. The priorities of the left and how backwards, you know, you know, the, the, what, the, how backwards what they're doing is. I mean, it's, it's, it's going back years and years. I mean, they're not doing anything productive. For their constituents. I mean, their constituents are stupid, let's face it, but they're not doing anything for them. They're giving stuff to second-class citizens that don't even belong in this country. Just look at all the policies that are going on right now. You have female, you have tran- trannies trying to compete in other gender sports, which we all know what happens there. You get a, an unfair advantage. You have all these people now that are saying they identify, you know, as a woman or a man, and they're winning all these different uh, titles and and different awards uh, in these races because they have the advantage. Like, for instance, if a man identifies as a woman and he goes over to run with the women, of course he's going to have a damn advantage. This is ridiculous. And then, you know, the excuses of the left, oh, of course, oh, let them be themselves. Let them live the way they want, even if it's the most psychotic and delusional bullshit we've ever heard or seen in our life. Oh, yeah, if, if they want to believe that 100 different genders exist, that's their right. If they want to be a, Philip, a Filipino unicorn, then let them. If they want to feel like they can be a, an 85-year-old black woman, then let them. they want to be a Chinese man working and at a Chinese deli, then, then let them. They, but he, what about somebody that wants to identify that doesn't want to pay taxes? Can, can they be themselves then? Can they be themselves? I mean, it's just the ridiculousness of all this crap. And we're seeing 
everything that's going on. You know, we have George Washington Mural getting removed from a, from a high school because the students find it offensive. Look at all the pussies we're dealing with. We've got so many pussies and wimps and soy boy liberals that, uh, you know, had mommy and daddy raise them to be just the weakest of all weak. That's why conservative people are so much stronger. And, and you know, we don't, we don't let statues bother us. And now you have at UC Santa Cruz, they're removing the bells from campus because apparently they're offensive. Yes, you heard that right, people. The bells. They're getting rid of bells. And you know what really bothers me is stuff like these kind of reports. Texas is now adding nine Hispanics to the population for every white resident. This whole identity politics, I mean, this is what's really racist. Like I said, White people are, 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 are the victims are the victims of, of racist racist situations. Yep. All these people of color, Hispanics, blacks, trying to put down the white person, saying the white person's the enemy, saying the white person is the you know, is the person that we should go against. Last time I checked, I think it's eighty eighty percent uh, of business eighty I think eighty percent of business owners in America are white. <laughs> so you wanna say that all the opportunities they've given minorities and all this stuff that you want to say the white man's bad? Come on, man. I'm so sick of the generalizations, so sick of the stereotypes bullshit, and the fact that we can't call out any of these other ethnic groups without being called racist or anything. It's such a double standard, and it's disgusting. And, you know, we have Republicans constantly getting ridiculed and slandered but they're not the ones that are being hateful and using communism tactics, like trying to shut down free speech on these college campuses. And if, if you know, if, if somebody goes to a college, for instance, if somebody goes to college at UT Austin and they want to become a conservative, the left wing there has, has threatened to dox them. Anybody that doesn't know what doxing means, basically share your personal information. So all these things that I just mentioned, and it's just like, it's like, wow, it's just like everything that these people are doing on the left is, it's Satan, it's Satan, it's the devil. You know, I, I really worry. Uh, let's go to Dr. Branch. Dr. Branch, go ahead. Yes, hey, Rory. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what, you know, you're... you're Talking about the left's attack. First of all, I you know I I I, I really want to make it clear the 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 and I, I you know I I have total respect for your guests. I have total respect for them yeah. coming on. And the, the person that came on has the absolute right to say what he said. Um, yeah. I I don't agree with him. I just, I want to make that clear. And let me tell you right. why today. And I started the show with this, and IQ brought it up. We need to rally right. together. And you got AJ always calls in. You know, I, I look at America, Americans standing up and fighting for America. That's the way I look at it. Sure. We right. went, and, and as I started the show off today discussing, you know, 
we had a call to arms. I, I sent out a blast to everybody on social media and also emails, and they sent it out to emails. I hit every legislative district in this state. Today, hundreds of people showed up on a Monday morning. Some of them came up and said, hey, listen, man, I called in sick to work today. This is too important. Now, understand what the left was trying to do with this. Uh, it's, it's an LBGTQ initiative. And, and what it was is called Comprehensive Sexuality Education. This is Keynesian. This is Albert Kinsey's philosophy that there's really no such thing as a heterosexual, that we are all homosexuals to a certain degree, that there is no such thing as a pedophile because we are all pedophiles to a certain degree. There is no such thing as any other uh, sexual deviant because we all have those to a certain degree. Now, that's Keynesian. That's, that's what he believed in. Uh, it's based on f really flawed research, but the, the science behind comprehensive sexuality education is that philosophy. So what the superintendent of public instruction wanted to do is put in um, that comprehensive sexuality education. She wanted to allow all children from five years old through high school to express their, all of their sexual feelings, to question their sexual identities and preferences. And she wanted to put in from K through 12 activities for the, 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 the teachers to give to the students to explore these. This breeds what you are just talking about. But I put a call to arms out. And uh, I thank IQ for acknowledging this. What ended up happening today is the main meeting room, there were so many of us, we overflowed into the hallways. They put us into an overflow room. We overflowed that. Then they put us into two more overflow rooms. There are hundreds of us down there. The results, now we're talking white, we're talking Hispanic, we're talking uh, blacks. Uh, came down there, and Orientals were down there, all rally around saying, hell no, we're not going to put up with this crap in our school. And you, I just got word as I was sitting here that we won. They pulled it. They said, no, we're not going to go with this. We're going to let it go back to the legislators and let the people decide through their representatives how they want to be governed. That is how it's supposed to work. And I am so proud of everybody today for doing it. And you know me. I'm with you, man. I'm like the biggest number one Trumper out there. President Trump is amazing. I stand with Israel. I stand with President Trump on Israel. And the thing is, um, you know, and, and when I look at this, Trump is not just the president. Trump is not just a person. Trump is a movement, a movement to take yep. this country back, and we are winning so I'm not going to get on any side saying, bad, bad, this is this is wrong, this, this. Hey, listen, we're in this together. Everybody who wants to yeah. get on the Trump train and fight for America, they're welcome, on my, they're, they're welcome in my boxcar any day of the week. We need to fight this. And, you know, that, I guess that's all I uh, <laughs> wanted to say on this matter, Rory, but uh, you're absolutely right. We got to fight the left every step of the uh, – every step that we can but we got to rally together. Very well said, absolutely. Uh, IQ, go ahead. 
I'm so glad that the gentleman said what he was saying, the latest one. Under the Constitution, he has every right to say it, and there's absolutely no problem with it. But his ideas are, are appalling, because he's talking only about white people. Let me put you in context. The number of white people on Earth are dwindling. The number of non-white people are increasing. So let's not talk about white people and black people anymore. The United States of America is made up of everybody. You are either an American or you're not an American. And if you're an American, you can be white, you can be Jew, you can be Hindu, you can be Buddhist, you can be anybody. But you're an American first. So I disagree with him, but the only thing I agree with him is this. The sanctity of the border. Anybody who wants to come over illegally, I shoot him dead. Remember, Roy, I said that many times on your talk show. You I did, you did, I remember. Yeah, so it's so important. No sovereign state can exist without a border that it belongs to her. It cannot exist. And what's happening in America today, with the help of the leftists, they are not the leftists, they are the fascists. You said it also many times. We, the opposition to Trump is fascism, disguised as leftism. But leftism and fascism are exactly the same. The difference between communism and Nazism is communism is international. Nazism was national. But otherwise, the methodology exactly the same thing. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're you're absolutely right. Very very well said, on point. Uh, let's go to Kevin. Kevin, go ahead. Wow. So it's definitely the case that there is a crisis with you know, white people that are, uh, as opposed to every other race, they are targeted by far the most. And this is kind of a, a predictable symptom of what happens when uh, they are targeted. You have people that are, are very defensive and they they want to do whatever they can in order to. Uh, preserve their people. We saw this with the Nazis, of course, and we we may see it in uh, other points in history. But ultimately, I would imagine that uh, it's the case that white people don't really have a homeland anymore. That I, I believe that they searching for some way to preserve themselves in some sort of a nation, uh, because it seems that there's more white people dying than there are um, being born, and that's something that really scares people to a big extent. So. It definitely is the case that you know America's based on the values and the freedoms and the Constitution and, and all these very important points of liberty that our founding fathers had created for us. Uh, but what's most important as well is the ability to protect these freedoms and values through our immigration and through all these different mechanisms in order to defend our whole way of life. Uh, the whole flooding in of people that don't believe in our uh, cultures and, and values is really damaging because I don't believe that you really could have, for example, r- radical Muslims or radical people of uh, tribal cults, for example, or all these different uh, groups of people that really are antithetical to uh, American freedom and democracy, uh, our, our republic, uh, all these values that we share, um, you know, they're going to rip us apart from the inside, and that's why we really want to pr- defend ourselves. And I would imagine that's why our, our guest would want to do whatever he could to preserve that uh, in, in a radical sense. 
but uh, ultimately I would imagine that's the number one thing about um, America's dilemma is it's not just America. We have all the West that are facing these, these same kind of problems and making uh, these extremist right-wing movements uh, come out from the grassroots and really have a, somewhat of a, a platform in our modern day. And it's uh, made a big impact in the sense that the left is seeing this and they're reporting on this and they're saying, oh, look at how radical the Republicans are, you know, these right-wing people, you know, they're not always right-wing, but the, the point being that you have the left are getting very scared of, of this mentality and that's causing them to portray us, you know, just conservatives as something very extreme and radical. And that's something that we have to watch out for because I, obviously it's not a majority opinion, but it's something that they are going to increasingly uh, give ammunition to try to debase and delegitimize our whole movement uh, as uh, taking back our country to portray us as uh, such. And it's definitely the case that it's not white people um, per se, but just Christianity. It's uh, mm-hmm. the most persecuted religion in the country, and you have all across you know, the world – you know, murders and rapings and uh, all the rest, but also in America here, you have, say, the Colorado Christian Bakery that's gotten sued for the third time now for not wanting to make another gay cake, and it's not that they're intolerant of these people. You know, you can live your life and have your values at home, but when you you bully these people because they're Christian, because you know you're going to sue them because of these very atrocious civil rights Acts that are yeah. really designed in order to uh, delegitimize or essentially just wipe out uh, the Christianity. It's it's become the case where Christianity is now very taboo. You know, you're not allowed to speak out in public, or you may, in the very soon future, you could lose your job over your Christianity. You could lose your social status. Yep. You know, if we ever have yep. the social credit points that China has, um, you know, there's there's very many outlets where. Uh, many bad things could happen because of your Christianity. And so that's something that uh, we definitely want to take back our country and prevent all this, uh, you know, terrible uh, occurrence from happening because faith is, you know, utmost importance. And uh, it's not something that we're willing to throw away because we're terrorized by the left. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, Daryl, go ahead and, Great point, Kevin, because let's face it, you know, this this country was founded upon Christianity and the fact that we could be at risk of getting that taken away is scary. Uh, Daryl, go ahead. So, yeah, that's right. Well, it already is on a, on a national scale. I mean, what you have now is you have insurgent pockets of Christians fighting against satanic theocracy, which is the, the government-run uh, religion of of the places we see this in California, we see this unilaterally. When you have every corporation in America devoting the month to sexual deviancy, uh, mass produced and and actually force fed to children, that to me is is the most the most heinous and unacceptable. And of course, as president, as you know, I've I've pledged to prosecute everyone uh, that is is uh, complicit with any of that propagandizing as such. Now, this is obviously we've, we've obviously touched a raw nerve here tonight, and uh, I think that I think that uh, I think a little bit of a a a conversation that's occurring right now, and there is actually some some truthful elements here. There is a reality 
which is that countries do in fact have identities. And uh, you know, many times I've I've been in agreement with IQ, but he did say something to me that I, I found a little bit uh, uh, questionable, which was you know the sort of this statement that uh, you know whites are declining, everyone else is growing. So, you know, therefore, sit back and deal with that. Well, the reality is that the United States was, in fact, a 90% white nation 40 years ago. And due to an act of political violence championed by the left, uh, who's virtually every policy that they've been behind over the last 40 or 50 years, uh, can basically be reduced to the strategy of white replacement. And you talk about these things, the interesting point was, was brought up, which is that, well, how come we can't talk about these things? Well, the only time that you're actually allowed to talk about these things, you can talk about uh, the, the dying out of whites. And you're allowed to talk about it when you're talking about how that helps you win elections in four years. So if you're a Democratic strategist and you're on CNN and you want to talk about why Donald Trump is going to have a harder time winning in 2020 than in 2016, then you know it's perfectly fine for you to cite that. But as a Republican – for you to cite that, that's considered unacceptable. And that's a very dangerous double standard where you have one side that is, uh, you know, fighting for uh, identity neutrality, and then you have another side in a two-party system uh, that is solely pointing a gun at one group. So you have a dynamic that occurs as you go back and forth between Republican and the Democrat governance where in times of, gover- of leftist governance, the uh, pushing to the cliff of whites, Christians, the traditional American people is sped up, and then under Republican side, it slows down, but it never actually reverses. And we talk about this every night about immigration. We talk about the reality of Texas. Texas is turning purple. Texas is turning blue. When that happens, yeah. some say, you know, as early as some people say as early as five years. Others, I think it's maybe in a 10 to 20 year range. When that happens, uh, when Texas becomes purple, blue, a Republican will never be elected president in the United States again as, as the party is currently aligned or understood. Okay, there are seven big states. The Democrats have New York, they have California, and you know, as these other states trend, so it's just a, a matter of the, the, everything about the leftist policy is about replacing whites. So for Republicans right. to say, well, we just let's just ignore this, and we'll be the party of ignoring this. Well, what will eventually happen is the leftist base will be too large for you to do anything electorally. Okay, mm-hmm. and and I talked about this last week where you talked about the topic of, of reparations. And, you know, reparations, as far as I'm concerned, should be tied to repatriation to Africa. If you are a descendant of slaves and you feel wronged by that, I accept that claim as president at face value, right? And I will will offer remedial assistance to set that right for you. So if you want, we will make it very possible for you to go back to Africa with a very good standard of living. But you don't get to stay here, collect money. And continue being a United States citizen, right? It's very yeah. simple logic. If you if you crash into my car and you total my car, <laughs> my insurance company yeah. is going to give me two choices. I can right. I can have them repair the car, or they yeah. can total the car, give me a check so I can get a new car. I don't get them to repair my car 
and then also get to buy a second car. It doesn't work that way. But the reality Correct. is we can talk about how silly this is and how absurd this is and so on and so forth. Reality is that reparations will, in fact, occur if the current political dynamic in the United States continues. Okay, and not only the Democratic discussion, there's two sides on the Democratic Party, and you have some, some of them, some of the candidates, and they'll be asked about this during the debate. What do you think about reparations? And you'll have some candidates, they're going to say, oh, I'm all for reparations. And then you're going to have the, the, the centrist view, which is that they, they have this like a committee, a congressional committee or something that will explore reparations. And this is what Joe Biden is saying, for example, that he supports this. And Elizabeth Warren, the more measured Democrats, they support looking further into the idea of reparations. So, so what are these academics going to find when they, when they examine reparations? Of course, they're going to determine that, yes, they are necessary. And as the, the leftist bullying occurs, the next step will be for the next group to get theirs. Right, so it'll be maybe reparations for women, or for Hispanics, or for transsexuals, or you know, for people that tie their shoes this way or that way. Until everybody, exactly. except for white Americans, is being directly compensated by the federal government for their identity. So whites have every right to be concerned, and they have every right to uh, assert their their right to exist and you know control their own destiny. Now, what I do say to this also is that I do also always, always contextualize this with the reality of the golden rule, which is that every person, regardless of you know, their, their skin, every, every person has the same right to choose to be a good person or a bad person. And right. uh, th- these, these realities of defending you know, our identity as a nation, which we have to do, when your plane is going down, you know, before you can help the child, you have to first get the air to yourself. And if we don't do right. this, if we don't harden up and actually yeah. get ourselves out of a defensive mindset and move into a proactive platform mindset, the whole thing goes down. Okay? Because yeah. the liberal democracy yep. is, in fact, a reflection of our religious, cultural, and to a large degree, ethnic identity. So when you throw all of these things out, the whole thing goes down. So we actually have a responsibility. So I'm not like I'm not a person, for example. Uh, I, I I have friends of all different backgrounds, and that's the truth. I, I connect with people from all different right. backgrounds. I can sit down and have a beer with you know a, 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 an immigrant who's here from Mexico and connect with them yeah. on family Gerald, values, and all that's going to occur. Go, but, go ahead, no. But that but that does but that does not that does not interact with the also the reality, which is that there are also things like borders, and this person is not supposed to be here, and there is the rule of law. And beyond that, we need aggressive, proactive policy to reset the trajectory. And I think that if we set about these things, and the one thing that I say as encouraging to people that get very uh, concerned about these things, recognize that the left has done all of these things through policy, through the incentivization. Yes of the demographic yeah. manipulation. And they have established the legal precedent for everything that we would need to do to peacefully set yeah. ourselves on a, a trajectory back towards a, a healthy majority. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you. Um, I, I do, everybody, I do got to get to the last segment here real quick. We are running short on time. Um, 
obviously, you know, I, I'm having a big problem with, and I, I'm just going to come out and say it because I've talked about it on my show many times, and, and it, it's happening with this community more than any other community. The lack of accountability in the black community. I mean, we're you gotta you got you guys gotta understand this. Every time there's a shooting, before there's any details about the story, you have blacks on the left immediately screaming racism. And this is this black conservatives are great people, down to earth, well educated. Black liberals scream racism about everything. This is what they do. They play the oppression card. They think that white people owe them something. Same thing we were talking about with slavery reparations. This sense of disgusting entitlement. And you know who I blame? I blame their freaking parents. When you have 70% of these people who grow up without fathers, you guys are not victims. I mean, there's a problem. When you're shooting each other multiple times a day and killing each other, there's a problem. You don't see white people shooting each other every second of the day. This is happening in places like Chicago, Baltimore, with the black community, all these inner cities. And it doesn't stop. And what do the Democrats say? Oh, they're victims. They're oppressed. Uh, the cops are the bad ones. The cops went after them, and it was an unarmed black man. You know, and, and when I see these videos, when somebody says, look, look, it's an unarmed black man on video right now getting harassed by the cops. Why don't you show me the video 20 to 30 seconds earlier? Why don't you show me what happened to have these cops on these guys, usually because they won't put their hands in the air and they won't stop running or they won't drop whatever weapons in their hands. And I, and I'm, and I know there's bad cops. I know there's dirtiness you know, in, in, the, in this country, in law enforcement, just like there isn't any profession. But majority of cops are good people, and they're out to protect us. And they get painted so wrong so often. And I'm sick of the assumptions by the, liberal, by the black liberals. I'm sick of the jumping to the race card. I'm sick of – you know what, you, you, you guys? If black lives really matter, then why don't you guys protest when 99% of your killings happen, which is black-on-black crime, you got that 1% chance that a white cop goes after a black guy, or maybe less, and is wrong when he does. But then you guys are all over the damn streets like animals. But you guys are silent when black-on-black crime happens every day. You guys are pigs, the way you guys react. It's, it's, it's disgusting. And you want, you know what? And, I, and I, I've never been a hateful person in my life. I, I don't stereotype. I don't, I don't make mean comments. But, guys, come on. Do you really wonder why people make certain comments about you and stereotype and, and, and classify you in certain categories? I mean, learn how to act, seriously. Like I said earlier, though, a lot of good black people know how to behave, great manners, good people, good, you know, positive members of society. But when you have a community that makes up 12% of the population and you commit over 50% of the crimes, you guys have got a problem. And this is not white people's fault. This is, this is not the white man being racist. This is not the white man, you know, this, this is a problem. And every election cycle, we have to hear the left saying how oppressed blacks are, how they don't get an equal shot in America. We never hear anything with accountability. We never hear anything about all the black-on-black crime. We don't hear anything about all the black poverty and all the single, you know, it's, it's really 
the way minority, you know, like the way colored people are put in the box and they're generalized, it's sad and it's disgusting. I want, I want to play a clip that happened this past weekend, and this is what's going on. This is like an example. By no means do I like Mayor Pete. I don't like the guy. I think he's a phony. I think he gives too much information in some of the things he says, especially about his sexuality, which I don't really give a shit about. I don't want to hear about it. Uh, do what you want in your personal life. But that, that's not really what we're getting into right now. Well, basically, he was doing a town hall this past weekend, and there was a shooting in his um, place of Indiana where he's mayor's. I believe it's South Bend is the city. And you have these intruders, the, these people coming in there, acting like animals, being disrespectful, having no respect, you know, all this crap. And nobody deserves it. Nobody deserves to get yelled at in their face, get terrorized, get, you know, get words thrown at them. All this crazy craziness, uh, you know, and, and I, this just goes to show that I'm fair. I don't want this for any politician. You, you know, you shouldn't be attacked like this. And this is, this is the kind of entitlement and hostility we are seeing from the black community on a regular basis. Even if the cop is just doing his job, the black person's shot, okay, cause, usually because he didn't follow the law, and, and all of a sudden the black person's the victim. Give me a break. I'm so sick of the victim mentality. Our country and, and, and our society is turning into a bunch of pussies. And I have, you know what, black liberals whine more than girls on their period. That's the honest truth. You guys think you're tough. You guys are the big, like the way you guys act, your victim mentality, like you guys are ridiculous. And, you, you know, like I said earlier, you guys want to prop up Obama. Obama's probably the, uh, you know, one of every indication, every sign points that he's a homosexual. Not saying there's anything wrong with anybody's sexuality, but he's the least macho guy on the face of the earth, and you guys look at him like he's some fucking messiah for you. You guys need a lot of help. I will tell you that. Playing this clip, though, one five. Mayor Pete Buttigieg facing some angry constituents in his hometown of South Bend this weekend. While taking a break from the campaign trail, the 2020 Democratic contender held a town hall where he came under intense scrutiny from residents who blamed him for not being president enough, present enough, excuse me, after the deadly shooting of a black man by a white police officer. Here we go. Sure. Sure. So, if, if everyone Sir. can just, we're going to allow him to speak if everyone can just calm down. All right, so uh, we know that the debates are coming up this week. It is, Greg, um, somewhat difficult if you're running, if you already have a job, so if you actually are a governor or a mayor where you're actually having Dr. Branch, go ahead. Roy, you know, the, the way that I look at it, uh, because you, you, you know, you hit it on the head when you said, well, the left, and this is what we see, right? Well, the left, to me, social engineering, this, what you hear. This is social engineering. This goes back to the Willie Lake principle. This goes back to the, the, the victim mentality. This goes back yeah. to the left playing these individuals. We get to see this because of the left-wing media. Like you said, they're not showing us everything. They're only showing us what they want to show us. So to me, this is the left-wing media. To me, this is social engineering. Uh, and, you know, if, if I'm going to blame a lot of people, 
I'm going to blame the Democrats and the social engineering principles they have employed now since the Civil War. And to me, you know, that that's you know, that's just the way that I look at it. You know, I, I look at situations like this saying that we are seeing what we all have feared and that social engineering at its finest. They're bringing this before you. You're getting outraged at, at one community when you should be really too outraged at the left for engineering all of this. Well, I'm, I'm outraged. I'm outraged at it all. But, you know, the lack of accountability going on in the black community, I've never, I've never seen anything like it. The victim stances and, you know, the way they – I mean, there's just – there's a lot of, you know, ebonics. There's a lot of people that, you know – can't use proper manners. I mean, there's just there's a lot of problems, and I, like I said, I blame a lot of that on parenting, a lot of it. Well, sure, but you also have all these social programs, and like you know, we talked about last last week, somewhere around twenty six trillion dollars spent yeah. on these social programs. But if you read yeah. the Heritage Foundation report in two thousand and fourteen, right. the twenty two right. trillion dollars that were spent. Whereas not, there was no results in a positive manner. That was their conclusion. Yeah, and Dr. Branch, black conservatives don't act like this. They don't don't go into town halls and throw temper tantrums. Like, they don't say everything's racist. I mean, there's a certain mindset with black liberals. You know what I mean? It's a certain mindset. It's one-dimensional. Sure, but you see, for instance, like AJ, when he's on this show, he calls them out on it. Right? Yeah. There yeah. are people that will call out their own communities on this because they're not commu- they're 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 Americans now, right? Yeah. They're calling out yeah. for this 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 type of mentality. And the reality is we need to be Americans. We need to stop mm-hmm. being the victim. We need to stop being in a box. We need to become Americans and fight for America. Right. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, uh, Doctor Branch. Uh, stay on, but in case I don't get back to you, please tell everybody where they can find you. The show's almost over. Sure, you can find me on my new website. That's drbobbranch.com. That's yeah. drbobbranch.com. Perfect. Uh, IQ Razuli, go ahead, buddy. Very simple. Just Google my name, Al Razuli. A L R A S O L I. And God bless what you all. Thought, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Well, my thought is that again and again, the gentleman was uh, one. One of your gentlemen said that I, he doesn't agree with, with me about white America. He's wrong. The reason I said anyone who is coming to America illegally should be shot dead is exactly why I'm defending white America, and not only white America. I'm defending legal Americans. Anybody who goes against a border, they go to cross a border, doesn't matter, men, women, children, is irrelevant, illegally, should be shot. And as he said, the previous talker said, if you do it one, two, three times, nobody will come. I mean, literally, nobody will come. True. Very true. And uh, you already told everybody where they can find you, right? Yes. As okay. I said, Arasuli, A-L-R-A-S-S-O-L-I. Okay, uh, Kevin, go ahead. 
Well, the media won't report it, but it is very frequent occurrence where you see these riots, these uprisings, all these uh, terrible behavior from these uh, communities of the quote-unquote oppressed. And I just got to say, this is how they act over justified shootings and how cops just do their job in a very reserved and uh, by-the-books manner. Well, you can only imagine how bad it's going to be when uh, we start uh, arresting their political leaders. So it's going to get uh, be a crazy future. <laughs> no, no, I, I hear, I hear you. And uh, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, find me on Facebook at Nationalist United or NationalistUnited.com. Great show. <laughs> Thanks, man. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Sure will. Uh, Daryl, go ahead. Sure, and as I've said before, you know, urban subculture has no place in Western civilization. We have to be working with the African-American community to restore the faith and the family, most particularly male leadership. Most of their problems stem from that. As you correctly cited, when you're committing violent crimes at a rate of seven times the rate of other citizens, you forfeit the right to complain about uh, enhanced interactions with law enforcement. I encourage all of your viewers to check me out at DarylKane2024.com. Get on the list. We've got a lot of exciting things planned. And, Rory, I'm looking forward to hanging out with you at the uh, Lincoln Memorial Trump 4th of July party. 4th of July. Bam. Right on, brother. I'm excited, man. It's going to be fun, that's for sure. Uh, Let's go to Mike Peters. Mike Peters, I'll get your quick thoughts, and we got to go. Well, it was a rough show tonight. We covered a lot of things that were pretty touchy. I mean, I had shades of uh, myth of the 20th century with Alfred Rosenberg and the elders of Zion happening there for a little bit. And uh, it it had me on the edge of my seat, like, where's this going? But I'll tell you, we've got a lot of issues in this country. And as long as we stay on track and there are a lot of conservatives like us that can keep it on track, I I think we're going to be all right. So so thank you for having me on. Absolutely. We'll have you tomorrow. We'll we'll see you tomorrow. I want to thank uh, everybody for tuning in tonight. Uh, It's been a fantastic show. I want to thank all my audience, my guests, my co-hosts and sponsors. Uh, The show just keeps getting better and better. Uh, Great dialogue tonight, amazing guests, and, uh, you know, everything you could want in a show. and uh, everybody, if you uh, miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our media site, thenextnexgenusa.com. And uh, the Rory Sauter Show just is listened to in 24 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. Everybody, we have a huge show for you tomorrow night. I can't wait to share it all with you. Have a great rest of the night. I'm Rory Sauter. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Cheers.